What's up, everybody, and welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting here from Studio 1A in downtown Arlington County, in the heart of Arlington County. It's Clarendon. Back here for episode number 88. I'm your host, Chris Farley. Alongside me, to get us through this episode number 88, to my right, of course, it's Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's it's up? An, it's a new year. It is a new year. And it's yes. a prime year. 2017, we are broadcasting here January 3rd, a prime year, mm-hmm. a prime number year. Yeah, 2017 uh, is a prime number. 17 is a prime number or is 2017 a prime number? 2017. Is 17 a prime number as well? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, let's bring in William E. Docs. He can probably help us uh, with this conversation as well. Docs, what's up? I thought you glossed over the prime number comment, uh, <laughs> and then you circled back to it. That was yeah. the biggest surprise of the year so far. <laughs> <laughs> biggest surprise. Well, we're only three days in, so mm-hmm. not many, uh, not much time to have real surprises. Also a good point. Yeah. Uh, episode 88, 88. You got two eights. I thought that was going to be because we always do these number things. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that would be the because we're a math thing. show. We, I'm surprised we are that a math show. <laughs> <laughs> we teach dogs math. <laughs> yes. I was surprised that Joanna didn't say something about Eric Lindros. Yeah, are that's, you? That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I mean, she is a a, a hockey fan, or somebody in her mm-hmm. family's a hockey fan. Yeah, uh, my brother. Your brother. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, Eric Lindros, or uh, I'm surprised she didn't say. Uh, this is a an old school one. Uh, uh, Rene Gonzalez. Uh, he was the Orioles second baseman who was also number eighty eight. You know, also people who were born in nineteen eighty eight. You know, as as kids, a lot of times you'll see them as uh, number eighty eight soccer jerseys. So were were you? Well, you were born in what ninety five? Were you ever ninety yeah. five? What's growing uh, up? what's two thousand seventeen <laughs> minus twenty three? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I forget so, when so, I was born. So yeah, were you like? <laughs> So that would be, you, you would be like 90. Oh, we are a math show. Yeah. We, <laughs> so were you ever, you know, that, that number growing up of your birth year? No. No. That was a, that was a I kind mean, of a thing in 76. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Really? I, I never did that. Maybe yeah. also because of like 1776. Like 76 is like, you know. Yeah. A, the bicentennial. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. Well, the problem was is that everybody would race to have that same, that's 1976 number. Really? Uh, I I don't even think like when I was growing up, I don't think that it was possible to have a number that, that high. high. And usually I had to I had to pick low numbers because the jerseys like they would just print the low numbers <laughs> in the small right. sizes. Right. Yeah. So I, I I was number two. I I guess I feel like we would go over to uh, La T-shirt shop over in Arlington and they would iron on your numbers. So you could kind of was choose it French? A, <laughs> no, no. The La T-shirt shop. It, it. I think it's called La T-shirt. Yeah, you got a croissant with each T-shirt. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, I think it's a business. In, Did it, they sell baguettes? <laughs> an Arlington business. I don't think it's anything to do with baguettes or croissants or anything of. French. It'd be a lot You've cooler me, if it yeah. did. <laughs> well, that's how we got our shirts. The, the, I'm not even sure how we went down this uh, wormhole of, of discussion, but that's uh-huh. how we got our our uh, jerseys done back in uh, back in the early '80s. We'd go over there and get back the in your on. youth. Back in my youth, yeah. Back in my youth. <laughs> when you were listening to Boys and yes. Men, getting yes. T-shirts yes. at La T-shirt it's, shop. Exactly. Simpler times. Simpler times. All right. Big show to get to today, guys. Uh, excited to talk about the new year. It's a new year. We all have r- resolutions. So we'll talk some about our resolutions for this year. We'll talk about our resolutions 
for last year. We'll see how we did. We'll grade ourselves from our uh, resolutions from last year. Joanna, are you a strict grader? Yes. Yes, okay. Uh, I, I am uh, a strict grader as well, so we'll give uh, either pass or fail. And That's not strict. <laughs> oh, I think that's those were like the easiest classes. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Are we gonna audit our uh, New Year's resolutions? Yes, we will. <laughs> I think pass fail. It gives you a defined whether you did a good job or you didn't. I think that's strict. Yeah, but it. Uh, never mind. Yeah. Let's move on. All right. So we're, we're gonna talk resol- resolutions. Excited to talk about that. Uh, also, we're gonna talk some races. Uh, we as we get into this. Uh, New year, there's a lot of great races that Pacers Running puts on, a lot of great races, uh, obviously, in the D.C. area. We're going to have our race timer on today, Chris Sutt. He is the race timer for uh, all the Pacers Running races. He does a number of other races in the D.C. area as well. He'll talk about race timing, and we'll get into how the uh, sausage is made uh, from when you do a race to when it gets uh, your race time gets on the Internet. Is it a French sausage? <laughs> Is there, is there French French sausages? Um, what do the French eat? They eat snails and and like uh, goose liver. Oh, I was thinking of Canadian bacon, but that's not sausage. No, that's not French either. No. Well, well Canadians speak. They, some of them speak French. Oh, okay. Yeah. French Canadian. That's true. So we'll talk races. We're going to have some guests here in the next few weeks uh, that pertain to races. So get people fired up. I'm sure there's a lot of resolutions out. There, people who've done resolutions about running and doing more races and bettering your time. So we're going to help you through that. Dude, I think that if you made a New Year's resolution to run more this year, mm-hmm. now's the perfect time to put a race on your schedule. Yeah, It's going to help you get through. You know, everybody, it's really easy for everybody to run the first couple of weeks of January. Yep. And then things happen. Put something on the schedule. Work, work towards it. It'll help you when you start pitching your new year's resolutions out the window so so the first pacers race uh i love your negative outlook on on how these resolutions I mean, will go what you got to do is you got to know how the game's played right and once you know how the game's played then you can uh succeed that's that is true so we got to have the rules of the game mm-hmm. and i agree you need to set yourself up uh, if with you some know, races. if you know that that's going to be the challenge, and a lot of people have that yep. challenge that they don't follow through with their New Year's resolutions, it's huge at the beginning of the year, and then then people tail off. That's right. Yep. So you know, if you know that that's how it works, hey, and, more power to you. And 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 these races are a great way to kind of hold yourself accountable through the year. Uh, have some checkpoints. Uh, so the first race in the Pacers Running Series is February fifth. The first down. 5k so you've got about a month to get in shape for it and you can uh you can do both the 5k run and the combine which is push-up sit-ups lunges and uh and and then they will combine the times and chris will tell us how all that works too so that's the first race on the pacers running schedule but i agree put some races out there put yourself out there uh go to runpacers.com backslash races we've got a number of them that you can choose from uh to give yourself a better chance to succeed in that New Year's resolution. Also in today's program, today we're going to talk about our New Year's Eve. So uh, I'm sure many of you had very exciting New Year's Eve, so we'll we'll let you know what we did. All right, we are going to talk a lot about races here in the next uh, few weeks and today as well. One of the great things I think about road races is that you get this measurable result after each uh, each race. 
so you can know what your your 5k if you run a 5k what your time is 10k 10 miler etc and then compare it against you know future races that you do so a very important part of what we do at uh, paces running is you know making sure you have these measurable results and the guy who makes all that happen for us is our next guest it's chris sutt lead race timer for Pacers Running, and he's going to join us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, guys, excited to be joined in studio by Chris Sutt. He is, I didn't name his title correctly before, he is the Timing and Operations Manager for Pacers Running. Is that correct, Chris? That is the correct title. That's on my awesome. email, yes. Awesome. Thank you. Welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us, man. Very excited to be here. I appreciate the offer to be here. No doubt, man. So you just uh, came from PT, and Chris broke his wrist recently. So, Do you know how many people at this table have broken their wrists? Uh, not me. So, Joanna, have you? So, Docs, have you? All right, so three quarters of us. <laughs> I am the only one who hasn't. So you're gonna have to. Uh, you're gonna have to. Ooh, is that another New Year's resolution? To Ooh. break my list? <laughs> no, no. Well, I'll ask Chris if it has been a pleasant experience. Probably not uh, New Year's resolution, or probably not something you'd like to ha- have happen to you. But you did break your wrist. How did that happen, man? Yeah, I feel very comfortable by the number of clumsy people that are in this <laughs> yeah, room. You so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I did it on my bike in DC. Oh. I was going down a hill a little faster than I should have been. I uh, got caught off by a guard and overbraked and boom, right over the handlebars. Wow. So you land on your wrist. Did you break both wrists? So I broke my right wrist. It was a radial fracture. I got a boxer's fracture in my left hand, which is the outside of your hand. And then I chipped my two front teeth <sighs> and I busted my nose pretty good. Road rash my lip as well. Wow. Is that pretty much what happened to you two guys farley dean how many people at this table have been in a bike accident (laughs) i know docs has i don't know joanna have you yeah Yeah, she's talked about it too okay so uh, man i am the only one who hasn't on i feel so left out this is a great game say something else (laughs) yeah uh so how's that so how long has that been has it been a, a month or so it's been about two months. Uh, wow. I broke it on October 28th. And the tricky part was the original diagnosis was a sprain. Oh. So I went like two weeks thinking it was just a sprain, which I continued to ride my bike. Uh, at two weeks, all of my bruising swelling went away and I still couldn't bear any weight on it. So I went back wow. to see them. They told me it was broken. So then it was one week to see a surgeon, one week to get surgery. And now we're a month post-surgery. Wow, man. So you had to work throughout this. And I'm looking at the Pacers running races schedule here. So (laughs) that means you were, you had broken wrists for definitely the Jingle All the Way race, definitely the Fairfax four miler. Uh, the tur- any of the turkey trots were you working with a broken wrist there at the turkey? I trot? did. We did the sum in DC. Wow. Um, how about Veterans Day? Yep. You broken wrist there. Man, this guy's playing hurt. Uh, Clarendon Day. <laughs> Not Clarendon Not Day. Clarendon the first Day. one okay. was one of the cross country races. So okay. yeah. Wow. So you. Have- it, you know, I thought you were going to say that the difficulty uh, with the October twenty eighth. Uh, injury was finding a Halloween costume that <laughs> incorporated a broken wrist. Right. I considered, so I I got in my accident and then had my teeth fixed that day. I considered writing it through the weekend just for a Halloween costume. <laughs> <would be> a <laughs> pretty authentic costume. Yeah, you would must have, I mean, if, if you show up, 
you win the Halloween costume. <laughs> right. If you've got a bloody face and chipped teeth, that is selling out for the Halloween <laughs> holiday. Um, but you you have been uh, uh, timing all these races uh, with a broken wrist. Props to you. We're going to get into how all that works because you're carrying around boxes. You got to put down mats, all that stuff. So having a broken wrist it must have been tough these past uh, couple months. But um, I, I wanted to kind of uh, before that, you know, talk about how you kind of got into into race timing. Was this something you always wanted to do after college, or how did you fall, find yourself in timing races? So it's funny because running in general was something that I just kind of fell into. I did a lot of soccer growing up, and then through um, college, I played kind of intramural soccer and never really ran at all. And then post-college, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and while looking for a job, I just started working at a running store in Charlotte uh, called Run For Your Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I was there working as a sales floor manager, they had a timing uh, event staff as well and that company. And then after a year of working on the sales floor, the guy that they had timing races ended up moving to Washington State. And uh, I stepped in and kind of filled that role and kind of learned on the fly that year. So just really right place, right time on the timing gig. So you are a chrono track timer, which is the type of system that Pacers Running has. Uh, What kind of timing system did they have there at uh, Run For Your Life? So I initially learned on championship or my laps. Uh, the one was the other and got bought by the, I believe they're my laps now, okay. uh, which is if you've been running a while, they're the chips that you used to have to zip tie onto your shoe. You would okay. have to pick up your chip, zip tie it onto your shoe. And then after you ran your race, you would have to take that chip off and give it back to us because they were reusable. What what percentage of people didn't return them? Uh, it was like a small percentage of what you wouldn't get back. But the whole process of asking somebody for a chip back after they just ran a race isn't a fun job no, because you had to like staff like that's different now you had to staff people at the finish line yep. and that's that's the reason why you got the majority of them back right yep because you would pretty much just block off the end of the shoot and they couldn't leave the shoot till they gave you their chip back which is yeah it's not a good conversation to have with someone that just ran a race no <laughs> definitely not uh so that we're going to get into kind of the process of timing because it isn't just cross the finish line and then results magically pop up there's it's a little bit more uh complex than that there's a wizard behind the curtain there is a wizard this guy <laughs> is the wizard uh behind the curtain uh but tell us kind of your responsibilities now as the lead timer what do you do so uh, I always say everything that kind of falls under my scope is everything that goes into producing a time. So managing the registration bases, uh, my responsibility managing bibs, making sure tags are on the bids, heading into the registration or like the packet pickup process, making sure bibs and all that and the kiosk and everything's ready for assigning the bib numbers and then the actual processing of results on on race day. So making sure that database is 100% clean, as good as it can be, because good data in, good data out. It doesn't matter what kind of timing information you get. If your database is bad, you're going to have bad results. So it's managing all that process and uh, all client interface with most of our client races leading up to that race day. And then making sure that all the equipment gets deployed out to the race and everything set up and we're all synced and we're all on the same page. Um, on race day and then the whole actual processing of the results of people coming in through the start and then going out through the finish and then processing all that to get you your final time. So a lot of people ask me or, or ask me where you work and a lot of people think you work in the store, uh, which is not, not the case. You have worked in the store and, and fit shoes for, for paces running at times, but where do you actually work out of? 
I get that question all the time. Everybody wants to know what store I work at. Right, right. right. Uh, so 90% of my job, I work remotely. I can pretty much do it from home most of the time. And then it's a lot of meetings and interfacing with clients and then going to the stores to set up the pack of pickups. And then a lot of time at the warehouse, just kind of prepping equipment and making sure all that's ready. Yeah, I mean, you guys should see our warehouse. I mean, the, the warehouse of equipment, uh, it's pretty impressive because you've got your closet full and it's way bigger. It's as big as a room of, you know, the equipment that is associated with timing, which is clocks. And it's, it's, uh, you know, the, the boxes and it's the, uh, the flashpoints and there's all this technical equipment. And then, you know, Lisa, who we've had on the program before, and we're going to have on the program in the future has got, you know, the barricades and the signage and all this stuff. I mean, it is not just something we could run out of the store. I mean, it's a major, major deal what you guys got over there at the Alexandria warehouse. So you're a chrono track timer. So we, we mentioned what, uh, you know, type of chips that you used to time with the championship. Uh, how does the chrono track tags work? So the big innovation essentially that chrono track did was they took that chip, that small reusable chip you have to put on your shoe and they put it into a very, very thin tab that goes right on the back of the bib. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever run a race that has kind of that flat uh, piece of plastic right on the back of it, that's a chrono track tag. Cause there's other, there's other companies in the industry that do it as well. Even my labs has a version of it, but theirs has like a big foam padding on the back of it. Cause a lot of times uh, moisture can cause problems with those tag rigs. If your shirt's wet and it's like sticking to your shirt, you can get a lot of bad reads on that. And that's why they put the tag on it. But what ChronoTrack does is they have essentially the industry leading tag right now where they don't need that foam. It's as thin as possible and it's disposable. So there's no collecting the tags. Afterwards, you get your bib, you go home with your bib and you get your time off of that as well as it's RFID tags. So it's essentially what's considered passive reading. I know mm -hmm. this is a lot of... Yeah. No, this is it. No, this is... We're, we're a math show now. Yeah. So oh, this perfect, like, yeah, perfect. this goes along So I should just start throwing out equations. Yeah, then. yes, please. So it's RFID and it's considered passive RFID. So essentially what it is is that tag is just kind of dormant the whole time it's sitting on you until you approach the the antennas in the, in the mats. And then at that point, the antenna is sending up a signal and that's when the tag becomes active and that's when it sends a read. And it's essentially giving you a timestamp on that time. And then the system also processes where if you, if you get multiple reads coming over, it determines what that strongest read is. So it gets you approaching, it gets you over, and then gets you past. And the system processes what that strongest read is, which is ideally where you're right over it. And that's the process, the okay. tag that it gives you. All right. So this is, this is good information because a lot of people just really have no idea how it works so we're gonna uh we're gonna break that process down a little bit further so i get my bib let's say i'm bib number 50 so my tag which is on my bib is associated with bib number 50 i got that so that is my unique identifier i go across the mat uh which is you've got a mat across uh the start line and finish line and sometimes points during the race as well and there's a box attached to that uh to that mat uh and that box is what is reading my bib, right? Correct. That's essentially how it works. And you said, so the strongest point is going to be when I'm directly over the mat. So how many times is that radio frequency reading my bib? So it's essentially reading it. Uh, you probably get about 10 or 8 um, 
reads as you're approaching, and then once you're over it, and then you're past. So you're, we're getting about eight to ten reads right in there. Eight to ten reads, and then it gives you the strongest read. The strongest which be, one. Okay, so yep. you get the strongest one when I cross the finish line, because a lot of people don't understand the difference between chip time and gun time. So my strongest read is going to be my actual chip time, uh, because you know in the past, you know, like I remember when my dad used to run the cherry blossom 10 miler for example i mean he he always said that his times were at least five minutes faster uh because he wouldn't have a chip time they were doing like i don't know popsicle sticks at the time (laughs) or something like that so what is the difference between chip time and gun time so that's a really good question because we get that all the time on why the two times exist so essentially the gun time just predates chip timing in Mm -hmm. general and so that's the gun time is when the proverbial gun now the air horn for most races these (laughs) days when that goes off that's when the clock starts okay and that's how you get your gun time and that is what all world records all course records all of those standards are set on gun time okay the chip time is the modern version of timing with the chips and the tags and that is once you physically cross the start line we're getting a read for you there. And then once you physically cross the finish line, we're getting a read for you there. So it's the much more accurate time, but the gun time still exists for those record holders. Got it. So when do the radio frequencies start in a race? Because like I know people who won't go anywhere near the start line because they're afraid that their chip will read and then it'll affect their time. So like, what about people who are like hanging around the start before this, the race starts or who like cross the finish line twice because they're like walking back to meet a friend like how does that work so we are absolutely getting scans for you at the beginning of the race if the mats are at and you're going over them we're 100 getting reads for you the trick though is that all of our software is set up for the start we'll always take your last read so you can go over that mat a hundred times if you wanted to that last time we see you that's what your start is and then it's similar with the finish line if you finish and you go through and then you like double back for a friend and you go through again um, the finish line is set to take your first read, the opposite, obviously, because we want the first time we see you. So if you cross that double back, run back with your friend, we're still only taking that first time we see you. So we're collecting all that information, but we have buffers in to filter it to what we need. Okay. So it ultimately ends up, so we understand how, you know, you, you get the reads. It ultimately ends up on, uh, Chrono track or our scoring system, Chrono track live, uh, and they are live results. How do you produce these live results? Because a lot of our races now, I'll look at our website and you can see guys streaming in as, as it happens. So the live results is uh, all of the controllers, which were the boxes you were referring to earlier, um, where all the antennas are uh, plugged into. They're these big orange boxes that you might see at the races sometimes. And what they have built into them is most of them have a cellular connection to them, a GPRS connection. So what we're able to do is if even on like a split that's out on like a two mile split, like we did at Fairfax four miler, we're able to set that up with a cellular signal and send that up to Chrono Track server. So as they're getting those reads in live time we're pushing them into the result system and we're able to see them it's usually about a 10 second or so delay on when they hit the mats to when we're actually seeing them in the results so that's a beautiful thing for where we're able to start seeing people on course right yeah and that is really cool and i i said before the uh before the interview you're going to let us know how the sausage is made i think we're kind of learning how the sausage is made here a little bit but it isn't as simple as you just Pushing a button and the results going live or, you know, someone crossing the finish line, the results end up on run Washington, right? 
Uh, what's kind of the program that you use to get everything online to the end user? Um, so we either use ChronoTrack Live, which is the ChronoTrack yep. uh, results Platform. format, or sometimes we'll use RunScore, which is kind of the old school version of timing races, which is kind of a DOS-based uh, computer coding kind of way to do it, which pre-states like a lot of the other times. It's pretty much the initial uh, race timing platform, and it works very well because it's very flexible in what you're able to do and what you're able to code. And so essentially timing a race isn't terribly hard. The tricky part to timing a race is troubleshooting it. It's when things start, um, when you start seeing weird things happening or the results aren't looking quite right or they're not popping up right. What are some weird things that happen? Um, so similar to, we had a race recently where um, for some reason, uh, one of the files got filtered wrong and it was sending finished data into the start file and we were getting a bunch of what's considered a negative time obviously where your start time's higher than your uh finish time and the guy that we had timing it at the time uh was kind of new he wasn't as aware with it so he was missing like bunches of runners that were in this um and so it's being able to kind of work back through the process and figuring out where you kind of where that uh where that error was made and kind of correcting that so we don't have too many of those. I mean, I've been timing races for about six years now. So, um, On average, how long does it take for race results to be posted? Uh, for most races, they're in live time. Like any, any run pacers race, we're giving you them in live time. Yeah, and I think that's way different than what it used to be. I mean, I think probably when you started in the business, it was pretty typical that, you know, you'd get the results next day or, you know, at least, you know, hours afterwards. Um, talk about what the customer expect because the customer expectation has changed, you know, kind of talk about that from your perspective. Yeah. The customer expectation is 100% to have live results. Yeah. Like people want to be able to, they want to cross the finish line. They want to get their water in the banana and they want to look on their phone and see their time or even getting the text to get their time, which is another thing that we are able to do through Corona track. And we're rolling out more coming into 2017 is getting those text alerts of where you can even get them at your two mile split. Right. And then even like getting a Facebook push, like, for bigger races like a marathon or so, like we're able to set it where if you're hitting like your five mile split on the marathon, that's getting pushed to like your Facebook and it's so-and-so just hit the five mile mark at such. And we're getting those live time results just after one after another. And that's kind of where the industry is going as well as being able to tie in more social media stuff. Right. So there's like companies that are developing ways to not only push results at that five mile split, but also push a picture at that five mile split. So it's like your Facebook's getting a picture of you coming across and it's getting a time of you coming across that five mile for like a marathon or something like that. And that's really where the industry is pushing to get to. Yeah, it is quickly changing from what well, it used to and be. And Chris, this would be good for you because then you don't have to run with your phone anymore. I know. That would be awesome because, <laughs> I mean, everybody needs to see where I am. Everybody, all my Twitter followers need to see where I am. But then you, then you need to have a Farley bot that's going to come up with uh, <laughs> phrases that you might say. That's true. That would be, do they just, have that yet, Chris? Just preload, just preload some phrases and it will pick that's from good. random. That's we'll work idea. on that. Yeah, right. a Farley phrase yeah. along with the time <laughs> exactly. and the picture. That's perfect check out my long shorts <laughs> <laughs> so 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 chris i mean you've got a very important job that uh at these races because if people don't get their times 
they can get incredibly upset. It's, Understandably. Yeah, it's, it sounds like you have one of these jobs where nobody notices you right. unless something goes wrong. Right. Yep. Kathy makes the great comparison of to an NFL kicker where nobody really <laughs> right. cares about you <laughs> until you miss a field right. goal. That's right. when everybody's looking at you. Yeah. So so tell us about, I mean, has there been any crazy situations that have gone awry? Um, angry finishers who haven't gotten their time. What's the craziest situation you've come across in your time as a timer? Um, so timing wise, probably the toughest one was when, uh, we had a race where, and I was still new to chrono track. We had, um, the tags go on the bibs in a horizontal manner. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of this and we had small bibs. So they got put on, uh, no, so sorry. They go on in a vertical manner. They got put on in a horizontal manner, which vastly affects your, uh, your read rates. And I wasn't aware of this at the time. So we got to the race. We started setting everything up. And I happened to be with Kathy at this race as well. And uh, Kathy's very good on the time machine. So she just kind of started uh, catching time machine, which is a, which to explain a time machine is uh, pretty much a running clock with like a keypad on the side that, that we use as a backup device mm-hmm. for the situation where just comparing what we saw visually compared to what uh, we got as tag reads just to make sure everything looks so, right. So as number 50 comes in, Kathy t- types in number 50 and then pushes enter when they cross the line. So you get that time exactly. stamp of, of what number 50, then 135. Then, yes, and she's really fast on the on the time machine. Yes, so she's doing the time machine. So she's doing the time machine. I'm sitting at the computer and I'm slowly realizing that I'm not getting any reads at all. Ooh. I'm not seeing anybody popping up on the computer. Um, so I kind of just told Kathy to keep on that. I was going to work on this and we realized that it was a tag issue, but Kathy essentially hand timed a 300 person race that day, (laughs) which was pretty incredible to watch. Now did the customer, we're not going to say what client this was because they probably never knew. Did they realize there was that sort of issue? They did not. There was a slight, we definitely were not live results that day. So there was a slight delay in the results and that was kind of all they saw. But essentially she was keying them every time she got about a batch of 50, I was keying them into the computer right behind her and we were pushing results out that way and so yeah so the kind of the key is having a really good poker face in this industry right, right, right. so even when things are going slightly sideways it's having the smile oh everything's fine we're doing great joanna i'll be be honest when he started talking about time machine i was expecting a little bit different more right. ptn friendly conversation right. but that was a good story too yeah um it also sounds like you need to have a really good staff so can you talk a little bit about all the people that you work with absolutely it's definitely you really lean on um your additional staff that day as well because obviously it's very uh sensitive equipment you want to make sure everything's getting set up correctly all of the all of the antennas getting set up correctly all the controllers are getting set to the correct times and they're all on the same times as each other the clocks are getting set correctly because even something as simple as setting a clock incorrectly where we have had that before where even a clock's off by like a minute because you like just sure. happen to read what the timestamp was wrong and then your printing results and people are upset that the time that's printed is different than what the clock is. Right. So it's making sure that all of those processes are really, really buttoned up. And then because a lot of the time, whoever's timing the race ends up pretty much just staring at a computer screen the whole time. So you're really relying on these other people to be your hands and your eyes for what's going on out there. Because everyone, runners always like to come up to me in the tent and ask me what the course looks like and how it goes. And I was like, I have no idea. I know they start here and they finish here. That's, that's about you, that's the extent of the course. Know. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we really do have a great staff. And Chris can talk more about that for sure. 
Yeah, and so we get a lot of a lot of our staff actually comes from the store. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, full time uh, team members at the store that jump in part time on the weekends because it's essentially like a six hour day. We usually get up. I'm usually up by like four on a weekend. Mm-hmm. We're getting to the warehouse by like five to like do those last little bit of load ins, and then we're usually on site by six at the latest, depending on when the start time is. But we lean a lot on them, and they're really, really good people that really enjoy running their uh, store staff. They'll come out for the races. Um, so depending on the size of the race, we'll have uh, anywhere from like three people for like your standard 5K. And then when we do the marathon, we time the New Jersey Marathon up in Oceanport, New Jersey. That's a much bigger staff. We need closer to like eight people because we do a bunch of splits. It's separate start finish. So we need someone at the start. We need people at the finish. And then we need people at the splits. And with road closures, we can't drop any of that equipment, obviously, until that morning. So it's a matter of getting people out there, dropping the splits and doing all of that stuff. And that being said, we are always looking for like more people who are interested. Yeah, in and they don't necessarily have to work in the store. Um, you got some folks who, who don't work in the store who time races. For yeah. Them. And even for me, like, like I started Justin. with like zero running experience. Yeah, right, so Right. Yeah. Like Justin, you know, he used to work in the store, but he didn't work in the store and he works for you. Uh, but yeah, you do have you do have a great staff, and so Parkway you probably have you know for the Parkway race you probably have ten ten people out there on your, your staff or so. Absolutely, because similar, it's a it's separate start finish. It's a point to point with splits in the middle. So and then the five k as well. So it's a much bigger staff for that one. Yeah. Um. So you get up at four a.m. on race day, but you also get up really early during the week too. I do. There's not a lot of sleeping in going in all my life. <laughs> so you're up early on the weekdays to work out, right? Absolutely. So I also uh, work out with the November Project in D.C. as well. And we're um, we 6.30 Monday, Wednesday, Friday every week. So Have you been able to work out with your wrists? I do. It's a lot okay. of running right now and then a lot of planking on the elbow. So I have pretty good scabs on my elbows right now <laughs> since I can't use my hands. What's the November Project? So the November Project is a free fitness group that started in Boston five years ago at this point. And it was essentially the concept of it was to motivate. It was two guys up in Boston. They rode together in college. They were in an off season and they wanted motivation to stay and fit through the winter in Boston. So they made this idea that they were going to work out every day for the entire month of Boston. And as they started doing that, it just kind of kept growing and more people, more of their friends started coming out and they got to a bigger, bigger group in Boston. And then as people kind of started splintering off and moving, cause a lot of them were in college at the time, they would start their own version of November project. Like Edmonton was a big one. San Francisco was a big one. DC was like, I think the fifth one or so mm-hmm. to start. And it just kind of caught on as this free fitness movement to get out, especially in like the winter and the idea is that it always happens. Like there's never a canceled workout, whether it's rain, it's snow, it's terrible wind, like the workout's going to be there and you know that people are going to be there for the workout. So there's a lot of hugging though, isn't there? There's a lot of hugging. So the idea is that you we start every workout with a hug. So they do what's called the bounce, which is everybody gets really, really close to each other. And it's definitely a breaking down of like your comfort levels. And that's the idea with the hugs is that you're hugging because the concept is when you hug somebody, you become friends with that person a lot quicker because there's a a 
kind of gets rid of that awkwardness of well i don't really know that person but you just hug that person now so like you're a little barriers are gone exactly barriers are gone at this point and then we do what's called the bounce where everybody gets really close and they like yell and they like get really pumped for the morning and again the idea is to get like as close as possible so it's really just kind of breaking down those comfort levels and kind of building community which is really really good in a city like dc where it's such um a transient city and you kind of move here without friends so it's a really good way to kind of meet people in the community i mean it has become a incredible community and you see these november project shirts everywhere and you were actually a one of the fitness leaders or group leaders i'm not sure what the official title of but weren't you a leader in uh virginia beach so they call it a co-lead because every every group has at least two uh leaders and yeah i led the one in virginia beach for a year it started uh may of 2014 and i did that for an entire year as a leader which is as the leader you're the one coming out every morning you're planning the workouts you're doing the bounces you're doing the t-shirts like you mentioned which uh the idea for the november project t-shirt is that we have stencils and we spray paint the logo right onto your t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And the concept of that is to stick with kind of the free fitness movement. So it's not that you're coming to November Project and you're buying a t-shirt from us. You're bringing whatever t-shirt you have and we're putting spray paint on it and that's your t-shirt that's your now. So how do you come up with the workouts? Is there like a like a book or an, like an email chain of all the leads around the country or is it just like Chris's choice? So it's essentially whatever the leader wants to do, but the leaders around the country are really, really good about uh, sharing the workout. So once you become a leader, there's a Facebook group online where they're all leaders in that group. And there's a lot of sharing going on, a lot of ideas about what the workouts, what's working, what isn't working. And then also November Project does what they call a summit once a year where they um, go out to a race. It's usually one of the North Face Endurance Challenges around the country. This year, it's in June uh, in Boston. And a big part of that, again, is a lot of the co-leaders are getting together and they're talking about what's working and they're sharing ideas of what workouts are. So end of the day, yes, it's the co-lead can make them do whatever they want to. Well, I know a lot of our listeners have seen at least the November Project shirts at a lot of the races that you time. Uh, it's become just a huge community fitness movement and pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, I know the, the groups here are what, 30, 40, 50 people at, at DC is pretty regularly about a hundred people, wow. especially on their Wednesdays and Wednesday, they get so many people on a Wednesday, uh, they'll do, they do a five twenty five and they do a six thirty. So wow. they do two workouts on a Wednesday and that Wednesday is usually a hundred plus people out at Lincoln Memorial. That's incredible. And I know a lot of them do our races too. So there obviously is a lot of running involved in these workouts. Exactly. The idea is, and it kind of worked for me because it kind of tricks you into running. Like I go there because, oh, it's going to be burpees right. and push ups. And then you end up doing a lot of running and you end up becoming a pretty good runner from as a byproduct of it. Yeah. So how would I get involved in one of these workouts? So one of the mantras of November Project is just show up. As okay. I mentioned, it's a free fitness movement. So all you have to do is just show up to work out and you're ready to roll. Nice. All right. And yeah, where would I find that? Social media or what? So yeah, there, every tribe has social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And okay. your Facebook po- page is the easiest way to get there because that's where they're posting where the workout's going to be. Because like in DC, every Monday is Meridian Hill, every Wednesday is Lincoln Memorial, and then Friday rotates. So you're going to want to be on the Facebook page or the Instagram because that's where they're posting where that Friday workout's going to be. All right, so the next time you'll be able to see Chris as well. I mean, you can go to a November project, <laughs> obviously, workout uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But February 5th, 
It's the first down 5K. So that's one of your more complex timing races that you do because you got a little running, got a little November project in it with uh, yep. with the, with the combine. So quickly tell us about what that race uh, what that race is. Yeah, so that one gets a little more interesting because you do the five k and then you do the combine. So we pretty much have two sets for you. You go out on the mounts for the start. You do the loop down uh, hands point, and yep. then you come back and then you jump right into the combine if you want to, which is a lot of good stuff. It's a lot of burpees, mm-hmm. push ups, squats, all that good yep. stuff. And then we'll get a time for you on that as well. And then we award you for the fastest combined time, I do believe, right? Where it's your 5K time plus how long it took you to the combine. So it's a nice little interesting piece. There aren't a lot of races that throw in a little workout at the end for you. It is is really cool. It's February 5th, uh, Super Bowl Bowl Sunday. my uh, Redskins won't be there, but your Bears won't be there either. Yeah, so. three wins. Yeah. You did a little better than we did. <laughs> Who's your Super Bowl pick? Uh, I mean, if we're putting money on it, it's hard not to take the Patriots. I agree. And, we and who's like your combine pick? <laughs> I got to look at the roster. I'm not sure who's yeah. registered yet. Well, Barley's not a bad bet, though, most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Um, Push-ups? Come on. Yeah. I... I uh, I need to I need to follow through with my resolutions to do that twice a week workout. Maybe November project for me this year. All right, Chris. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you February fifth. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, in studio. Really appreciate it, man. Absolutely, it was a pleasure to be here. All right, well there he goes. That's Chris Sutt. He is our lead race timer and operations manager for Pacers Running. Joining us here on Pace Nation, we're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, thanks again to Run Washington and Run Pacers timer, Chris Utt, for joining us today on the program. Hopefully that uh, offered some insight on how your race time gets posted on the internet after you're done with the race. Hope to see a lot of you guys out at our first race, February 5th, the first down 5K. So it is the new year, and it's a tradition on this show to do New Year's resolutions. It's a long-standing tradition, it right? It is. It is. And uh, I, I, we were all tasked to go back and listen to uh, last year's show mm-hmm. uh, and, and hear what our resolutions were. I mean, obviously, you should have known what they were. And, obviously. And followed them. Because there to, should be big check marks next yeah, to them. Next to them <laughs> on yeah. a wall at home or a whiteboard at home. Uh-huh. I unfortunately uh, did not have the whiteboard or have the list of, of resolutions at home. And I don't think I did quite as well as I'd hoped, but we're going to have you guys grade me out, and we're going to grade Oh, we're going to grade each other? Yeah, we're going to grade each other on on how we did. Uh, So I'll start. Um, My uh, loyal listener and my cousin Carter um, made sure to remind me of two of my my resolutions that were his favorites, uh, which was to gamble more. Mm -hmm. I, I had wanted to gamble once a month. And I failed miserably. Really? And as I went back to look at what I uh, did, I, I wanted to go play cards, you know, poker. I guess it depends on how you define yeah. gamble. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. Wait, I'm also, before we go any further, so did you actually go back and listen, or did Carter tell you what your New Year's <laughs> resolutions were? No, 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 no. I did go back <laughs> and listen. You assigned the test, you delegated. Well, he told me what, what point of the show to start listening. All but right. no, I did, I did actually go back and listen. Uh, gamble more once a month was my 
metrics for for success and i think i went to i, I think i went to maryland live once so that was not mm-hmm. not very good disappointing yeah, yeah definitely disappointing so as a pass fail you give yeah. yourself <laughs> a fail uh, definite fail i give you a pass because i think <laughs> it's i think it's better that you didn't achieve that one <laughs> well i might have that on my list for next year well too. now there's that new place that you can go to yes mgm a little yes. closer a little yeah. closer so the I, universe is making it easier to achieve your goals it's more realistic now yes so i i hope to gamble once a month this next year think that's a solid goal yeah. uh not get so upset about the washington sports team can um, we judge you on this before you get into it yeah because i have to say i think if we're doing pass fail that's a fail yeah <laughs> that's a hard based fail to, that's like on the one base just based on one interaction in one game yeah yeah well i had a uh a bad experience this past weekend too yeah um and was going off on text message to some of the kai shy guys but yeah that was a fail um I'm, I make a suggestion. Yeah. This seems to be something that you can't handle on your own. Yeah. I, I'm 100% serious. Maybe there's a book or somebody else that can help you tackle that. Yeah. Because it seems to be something you want to do. It does. And it seems to be something that uh, maybe you're not sure how to manage. And I, and I don't think I'm capable on, on my own to yeah. manage. And I really think it would be good for you. I really think it would be I, good I for you to... I appreciate to, uh, that. Yeah. Well, you mentioned last year, um, Stuart Smalley. What is Stuart Smalley? Maybe that. <laughs> maybe he can help me out. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. Yeah. Gosh darn it! Oh, is that what, what the Saturday Night Live guy? Actually, it was Al Franken who ended up being a senator from Minnesota. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll. I agree. Reading some books and maybe that'll be part of my uh, New Year's resolutions for 17. I want to exercise. Uh, you know, core exercises twice a week. Uh, that's a fail too. After the kid was born, I've punted all that. Unfortunately, run in the morning four days a week. I'd say I've gotten two a week uh, done. I do run pretty much every single day, so I do get get the running in, but it's not generally in the morning. So that's a fail. Uh, spend one night a week at my mom's house for dinner. I did accomplish that. That's so, probably the most important, important one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was good. Uh, sleep seven hours a night. Uh, definitely failed in that, but who knew I was going to have a kid? Yeah, that baby wasn't going to change <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, it was. It wasn't, but uh, it did. Uh, and then uh, I wanted to do 40, 15 milers or more. Uh, failed on that one. And I wanted to run under 250 for the marathon. Failed on that one. So I was one out of seven. See, 2016 was a terrible year. Well, yeah, now you have your proof. Last yeah. week you, you yeah. were wondering why people were saying that. Now you have your okay, proof. Okay, there it is. That's true. I thought it was just and, docs being negative. And the best right. thing about it is this way you don't have to blame yourself. That's right. You just blame the damn year. Yeah. That's you right. Know? That's a good point. All right. I feel cleansed. Good. Okay. Uh, let, before we get get into my New Year's resolutions for 17, let's go to your uh, list for 16. We'll start with Joanna. Um, okay, so my first resolution was not to get sick in March, mm-hmm. and I didn't get sick in March. Okay, so I think that outstanding was, pass. Yeah, right, that's mm-hmm. a pass. Um, and thanks to all the bell peppers you ate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> then next up was to learn sign language, which, if we're being fair, was a bit vague. Yeah, <laughs> but are we being fair? I didn't learn sign language. Okay, fail. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. I want more people on my. <laughs> My, my side with a lot of fails. Okay. Um, okay. Then not getting frustrated with my roommates over neatness. Um, I think I did a good job of this. 
you'd have to, I guess maybe interview my roommates, but I really think that I, I did a good job of that. And we got a Roomba, I think, which helped too. Okay. Um, so I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass myself on that. Um, oh, go to the trials in July. It didn't happen. But, but that's I, not your fault. And I did go to the trials in LA though. So I did yeah. go to an Olympic trials, just right. not the one that I thought I would go to. Right. Uh, do yoga twice a week. I have definitely accomplished that. Okay. Three um, passes, two fails. Okay. And then the last one was volunteer at the Washington Humane Society. And I totally forgot that I even said that. <laughs> so I never even really looked into it. So that's a definite fail. Uh, three passes, three fails. Okay. Not bad. 50-50. Not better than my uh, hit ratio. Okay. Docs, where, where'd you fall for 2016? Now, did you listen to ours last year or like when you did this segment, did you just listen to your own part? Yeah. Okay. Shocker. Yeah. Well, I was wondering cause you, you went to Joanna first and my first one last year was stop following Joanna when we make lists. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have to say this is an immediate fail. Fail. Okay. Uh, I also said once a week running on soft surfaces. Yep. Um, I started out pretty well on that. I, I was making trips to do, on the weekend to Burke Lake yep. or Lake Akatink, mm-hmm. uh, my old stomping grounds. Uh, so I did pretty well on that. But I would say that this fall was not very good for me. Uh, so I, I I would say I did pretty well for like three quarters of the year. All right. I'd still say that's a – we are tough graders here, so I think that's a fail. <laughs> well, two, two fails. All right. I said eat healthier. Mm-hmm. I definitely did. I mean, I for the first okay. time in my life, I went to the salad section – uh, at the grocery store and, and, That's uh, a pass. Okay. Yeah. uh, but let's say like this, uh, eat healthier. It was a very low bar. Yeah. And well, so, uh, I could still eat even more healthier. Okay. Well, I, I think you passed on that and maybe you mm-hmm. should look at that for a 17 resolution as well. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do core exercises twice a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I would say that through nine or 10 months, I was solid on that easily. Um, not so much this last month. Well, when you get your, your Christmas shopping done earlier this year. Then you, I'll get all that stuff out of the get, way. Yeah. yeah, you'll be fine. But that's a fail as well. De- December, let's say like this. I mean, it was very easy. Like December just ruined all of my resolutions because <laughs> December, every, yeah. all the wheels came off. Um, I also had a personal goal, which I didn't say on this, but like a target weight. Mm-hmm. And I had that target weight 11 months of the year. Quickly got my weight down. And in December, January 1st, I'm back where I was last no, year. Really? <laughs> so I can have the same exact goal. Yeah. All right. Well. <clears throat> it sucks to like think about this, that, that for 11 of the 12 months, I was doing great. And this one month, I'm just right back where I started. You know what? At least it shows you can, you can do it. Yeah. You, you can do it. You can do you'll, it. You, you'll, know the, you'll know the hurdles that you need to... Uh, uh, to go over i have the game plan you have the game plan Mm -hmm. but i'm not going to allow you just to redo the same resolutions even though those probably should fall in your 2017 Uh but i want to hear some new ones as well all right so i have you as three three fails and one pass so uh joanna had the best percentage she was 50 50 i was not even a very good percentage well better than my 12 percent and better than his uh 25 percent uh again this is a math show (laughs) <laughs> All right, so 2017 is here, and... It's a prime number. It's a prime number, mm-hmm. exactly. I'm just and trying to drive <laughs> that point home. And we are, uh, we, are, we are going to let you know our resolutions. Hopefully, 
the listeners have some resolutions too. If you have some good ideas for resolutions, tweet us at Pace the Nation. Let us know what your resolutions are. Maybe I'll uh, adopt some of those as well. Now, just as a disclaimer, these were my running-related sure. or fitness-related uh, New Year's resolutions. I didn't share my other resolutions, yeah. so my percentage was higher than than twenty-five percent. Okay. That's fair. You can you can do. I, I'm I'm giving you everything because I give all personal information on this show. Yeah. Uh, you can you can you guys can give whatever you I'm want. I'm holding back. That's that's fine. Um, all right, so for my 2017, in no particular order, I want to continue to gamble more or try to gamble more. Uh, this year, I hope to gamble at least one time a month. Uh, MGM will help, uh, so hopefully we can accomplish that. Uh, I want to um, better my times from 2016 in the 5K and the marathon. So those are very measurable. I'll go to my... Uh, I'll ask Chris out what my best marathon time was and what my best 5K time was. I want to try to better those. I like that you're going just to better your last year's time. Yeah. And not doing like a lifetime PR. No, no I think that's good. I, yeah. I think that that's like a manageable goal. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think if, if you, you got to set yourself up for success, you can't be too, too out there. Says 12%. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I also think it's important to define, like if you just use terms like run more or do this more it's it's tough to then measure if that was successful or not so yeah. i think it's good to put measurable like do this once a month right. or achieve this specific time like it it does sort of lock in something that maybe then if you don't achieve that you feel like you failed but i also think it gives you a measurable goal to work towards agreed and i've got more i've got other measurable ones i've got one that's kind of out there well, I think that's a good point what Joanna said. And I think it also works with your training as well. Like I always mm -hmm. find like if I have a program and I know that I have to go out and run eight miles tomorrow, then I can't negotiate with myself yep. as well. And if I don't have a program, it's like, oh, I'm just supposed to go out and run today. And then it's raining and I ate too much. And I said, oh, I'll do a four mile run. That'll be fine. So it makes it easy for you to negotiate and fall short. So I, I like the idea of having these like um, measurable yep. uh, achievements. So other, uh, yeah, so measurable ones that I have, I'm going to do, uh, I would like to do. <laughs> He's filtering his list now. <laughs> one thing, one thing a week in the business that's way outside my comfort zone. Oh, like so, what? What are some examples? Uh, start a podcast. That was, uh, well, that was two years ago. Was that, that was, out of your comfort zone? <laughs> yeah, that, I think that was very uncomfortable when we first started listening to week one show. Uh, it was, it was very uncomfortable, uh, but you know, do something in the business that is uncomfortable that you wouldn't normally do. So start a podcast, maybe one example. Another example is, I don't know, uh, maybe as an example, one thing, learn your employees names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that, that's a good one. That's, that's yeah, that's outside of your comfort zone. No, no I kid anyway. That's no, I'm just making no. that up. Actually, Farley is very good. Yeah, I, I know ninety five percent of the employees. I'm guessing. Uh, all right, I'll give you an example of something I did last year. Like, you know, Landon and I and Kathy and with Julie's help, we went to Georgetown and had an uncomfortable conversation with Georgetown about doing a running camp, and it was a successful running camp. But we didn't get there until we had that uncomfortable conversation. You know, you could keep going on and doing things that you normally do, or you mm -hmm. could, you know. So that's just one example. No, it's a, I think a it's week, a good one. Once, once a week, do something outside of your comfort zone. To have you done yourself. your thing this week yet? No, I, I have not. <laughs> I got to figure out what it is. When does your week begin? Saturdays, Sundays, or Mondays? Mondays. 
I, so I've only two days in. I don't I don't want to overstep my boundaries here, yeah. but I do, I do think that this is a great goal yes. for the year. Um, but I would encourage you to sit down and give it a little bit more thought if you want to achieve it. Once okay. a week is is a pretty a high frequency to do something outside of your comfort zone. Um, and if it's all on the scale of like talking to Georgetown, I think that's going to be difficult to sustain throughout the year because it's a really big project. Right. So if you have some ideas of things, like it's good to be inspired, but I think it's good to have some ideas okay. of things, areas that you would like to develop or explore if, if you're going to try to pass this goal. So you think the frequency should be more like once a month? If we're talking on the scale okay. of the example you just gave, that's okay. all. What about if you do a big one once a month? Mm-hmm. And then three small ones, uh, the rest of the right, like, I like that. So you can do I'll once a week. So like one week, it could be like, I'm going to go work the floor in Fairfax. Right, right. That's a good one. Yeah. That's yeah. a really good one, Docs. Okay. All right. I like that. Three small ones, one big one once a month. I'm amending my list mm-hmm. here. Uh, I also want to connect with one person a week that's important to me, either in business or personally with a call or email or, or text. Um, and then finally... Uh, well, not finally. <laughs> I want to read twelve books this year, so one wow. book or or book on tape, <laughs> book on tape, book on tape counts. I always I always read that you know people who are really successful in life read books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably won't be reading Adventures of Huckleberry Finn or anything like that. Well, you but, would love that book. Well, um, so but you know something self help business related. I like oh, those okay. things. Yeah. Boring things. Boring. Uh, are you going to, will you report back to us? Yes. I think I will. we should check in on the podcast to make sure that we achieve these things. Okay. So every month I want to know what book you're reading. Okay. Is that your goal? Yeah. That's going to be wanna, my goal. <laughs> 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 All right. And my uh, list has gotten so long. My final one is just to be more positive and that's hard to be measured, but I, I was, you know, I wasn't on the docs level of negativity this year, but I, I felt like I was a little negative. Again, low bar. <laughs> well, but I also think like, again, if your goal is to be more positive, then then you need to think of what your factors are to achieve that goal. So if yeah. that's like every morning you're going to write down two things that okay. that you're going to focus on for that day or two things that you have to feel positive about that day. I just like when you're using, va- I used to do goal setting with, um, with one of the places that I worked. And Mm -hmm. if you're going to use terms like more, you need to quantify what that more is and how you're going to measure that. Okay. Good advice. Well done. All right. Do we go to docs next? Yes, because I don't want to follow follow Joanna. Joanna. All right. So you can just cut and paste last year's goals. (laughs) Okay. Um, Because I think those are, I think those are good. Still Uh, relevant. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're, they're, they're still uh, pretty good ones. Um, and I actually, the only race I did last year was the beer mile and that was one lap. That was it. Yeah. And so I, now I did sign up for two marathons. Right. <laughs> so I, I would like to race more. That's okay. my goal. That'll be easily accomplished right. in February once I do my first race. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> one is more than none. Um, but let's say, let's put three races on the, on the schedule for docs this year. Okay. Good. So that's, that's my goal. And then we'll just go with the whole peace on earth and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, eat healthier, core exercises. And I'm going to do, I'm going to add to that that I'm going to um, do my strength and conditioning program. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get back on that. And I've been doing, I, I had some like back issues last year. So I've been doing daily uh, back exercises 
that that helps stretch out my back and i'm gonna just i'm gonna continue that even though that's not a new thing for january this is like something i implemented in december right and so i'm gonna carry that on so that's gonna also be my goal because basically what i'm gonna do my goal the ultimate goal so these are how i'm gonna achieve the goal the goal is to not get hurt this year right or, or to reduce the risk of getting hurt all right, I like that, and I think those are all achievable. I mean, you were two thir- or at least three quarters of the way there on most of those this past year. So, no, you said I was. Oh, most of the but most yeah. of the ones. Yeah, that, but yeah, but you, you marked me fail. You did fail. You you uh-huh. only accomplished a quarter of them, but you were uh-huh. three quarters of the way through most uh-huh. of the ones that That's you had last year. Now it's a complicated math <laughs> <It> <laughs> program. Is. All right, those are excellent, uh, Joanna. What do you got? Um, okay. So my first one is not to get frustrated with my races in okay. 2017. Um, I spent a lot of time in 2016 being angry during or after a race because of my performance. Maybe you guys could go see the same therapist. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so what I want to do is keep, I do keep a log of my mileage and my workouts, but I really want to focus a little bit more of, of logging my actual races and how I feel leading up into them during them. And then afterwards really focus on, well, what did you do? Right. What could you have improved so that I don't, cause there's lessons to be learned in every race. And instead right. of being like, that was a total failure. Like there, there were positives in the race. So I want to focus a little bit more on making sure that I recognize those. So you're going to be like the Thomas Edison of racing. Yes. Okay. Why Thomas Edison? <laughs> Joanna. Um, wait, I know there's a quote. I'm not going to get it right though. All right. Give us a quote docs. Finally, you know, this quote, come on. Yeah, I do. Cause I just Googled it. Uh, <laughs> I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Love it. That's a that's a good one and relevant to the show because we do love Edison bulbs. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So yeah. two great things Thomas Edison has done, the bulbs <laughs> and this quote. Awesome. Okay, so Joanna, yeah. continue continue on. I actually, I agree with you, but sorry. I agree with you because sometimes you're done with your races and you're like, I'm just quitting running. I say that after every single yeah. race, actually. <laughs> so there were some positives you could take from. Are you saying? From races. Are you saying like in general? Or are you saying Joanna specifically? Joanna does specifically. It, yeah. does I that. think after every single race, yeah. except for the Parkway, you did really well, and you were po- you were positive after that one. Yeah, and that w- I didn't actually go into that to race that it was just supposed to be a tempo run. Right. So anyway, that's an aside. Um, but I also think that applies to life as well. I think that sometimes when things go wrong, people have a tendency to just get really negative about it instead of seeing like this is an opportunity to learn and. Yep. And to, to, it'll lead somewhere else. Joanna? Yeah. Boats don't sink because of the water around them. They sink because of the water in them. <laughs> ah, I like that too. We okay. have a lot of great quotes today. <laughs> this is a We're really a quote ins- show. Hey, inspiring show today. Um, can somebody make Pace the Nation posters? <laughs> Michael P. Miller, I'm looking in your direction. <laughs> like those. We'll hang <laughs> them up in corporate I can't offices. Stand, I can't stand those. <laughs> I like these quotes. I just don't need to see somebody rock climbing to the quote. That's <laughs> um, I had. I used to have a great quote that came from my dad's office. You know, I w- did crew in college and we right. all lived in a house together. So we had a one of those inspirational uh. posters over a fireplace and it had a picture of a boat and then it said teamwork. And then the the like little quote underneath said, it's amazing what you can achieve when nobody has any idea where they're going. Because, you know, in a boat, you yeah, don't look sure. forward. Yeah. I all thought right. that was funny. I think that's actually pretty good. One of our one of our friends, Bob, he had a, a poster that uh, he hung up that was all that you know the nice inspiration, 
whatever the quote, and it's, a, it's like success. Right. Uh, a man's success is measured by the number of success posters he has hanging up in his <laughs> office. That's funny. I like that. <laughs> Um, okay, well, back to me. We've gotten off track. Yeah. Um, okay, so next up is my summer running goals. And so this year, instead of trying to run through the summer and train for something, I'm definitely not going to do a fall marathon. Um, and I'm going to take my running down to two days during the week and start swimming again in the summer. Cause I, that's cool. In addition to the yoga? In addition to yoga, wow, yeah. that's a lot. Okay. But I'm only going to be running a couple of days a week. Okay. Um, and then I'll reassess uh, sometime in June how I think it's going. But I, I think every summer I just try to run through it and it never works. So I'm just going to head to the pool for a little bit and then see how I feel. That's a good idea. Yeah. I like that. I would do that too if I could swim. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should put on my list, uh, learn to swim finally. I used to teach five-year-olds how to swim. <laughs> He's joking. He can swim. I'm not a good swimmer. Um, okay. So then, uh, I, I'm definitely going to stay with yoga, but I want to add in lifting weights once a week. I used to go to the gym a lot more and I don't do that anymore. So I want to lift once a week. And my goal is by like June to be able to do a one-legged squat again. Okay. Emma Coburn can do them. And I just, I really, she's my idol. So I want to be able to do that. What if you meet Emma Coburn at the gym doing one-legged squats? That would be the best day ever. It'll happen in a prime year. (laughs) Ooh. Um, Okay, so that's basically all of my running goals for right now. And then life goals. um, I feel like in 2016, I really, I wasn't a great friend. I just like worked a lot and then just went to sleep a lot. So once a month, I want to do something with my friends, um, like something fun, like dinners or brunches or go visit. Like a lot of my friends have now moved. So take trips to see them in New Mexico or Seattle or wherever it might be. That's good measurable goal. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also used to craft a lot. And unfortunately, like maybe some people are happy that I don't craft anymore because <laughs> they don't get my ugly craft projects, but I'm bringing it back. So <laughs> I'm doing a crafting project once a month. Okay. I think your first crafting project should be to make a really creative t-shirt that says crafting is back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That should be the next podcast uh, podcast t-shirt. Love it. Um, and then I'm going to, finally, I'm in a position to like really make some progress on my student loans. So that's on the list. Nice. Um, and then lastly, I feel like I used to be a better boss and really, uh, do more staff development. So in 2017, I want to sit down with a lot of my key staff and really focus on their goals and how we're going to achieve them. All right. We will have to hold each other accountable. I like that idea. Um, I'm glad you took notes on everybody's stuff. (laughs) No. I took notes because this is being recorded right now, and we'll go back and listen. That's <laughs> Carter. Yeah, Carter. Carter, yeah, we're going to need yeah. you to write all this stuff down and email Farley. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Carter. Um, so I did want to touch on some podcast goals. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that uh, one of our goals should be to broadcast from a pretty mainstream event, uh, probably running related, maybe not. The Boston Indoor Games? Well, something like that. I think that should be a goal of ours to do uh, sometime this year. Uh, I also think uh, we should have a goal to do more like engagements with uh, happy hours or bowling or whatever it is with our, with our listeners. Uh, I don't know what that number is or should be. Mm, that should be Kelly's, uh, intern Kelly's New okay. Year's resolution. Okay. Even though she's constantly asking us and nobody replies to her emails. Who did? I know. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, but I think that's a goal. And then I finally think uh, our regularly scheduled Tuesday meeting uh, should happen every week. Oh, right. I forgot on about Tuesdays? those. On Tuesdays? On Tuesdays. Okay. Yeah. So those are my, my podcast goals that I thought of. Well, great. I'm glad we're doing podcast goals. I think the podcast <laughs> should also have the goal to move into the new studio. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the end of this month. Yes. I would say that uh, podcast should have a goal to establish a budget so we can get a new soundboard so that we can have four microphones. We talked about that today, too. Yes. Okay. That's, that's really good. Uh, I think we should have a Facebook page. That's a good one. I don't know why we haven't. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, Steve, are you listening to all this stuff? <laughs> and I think we should find a replacement for me. <laughs> but that's that's a fam- that's a fa- fantastic <laughs> idea, best idea ever. No, I'm kidding. Of course not. The the uh, the pace of nation nation would uh, revolt. We wouldn't want that. Um, I agree with all of those, except that I would add one more: is that I think we need to bring back snacks. Yeah. Okay, Greg. You still listen to the show? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Or Whole Foods Todd? Yeah. Hey, we are we we I think our sponsorship uh f- from Asics uh ran out in 2016. So yeah. Again, another 2016 victim. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this podcast of course is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run, which is a good tagline and good inspirational quote. Not like, you know, I can't stand those posters that say character. And then you've got like, I don't know, a picture of a mountain mm-hmm. or like courage. <laughs> it's like somebody jumping across a Or stream. a lion. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or success. And you've got a flag that. At the top of a mountain. Yeah, They're usually exactly. always mountains. Perseverance. Just like a guy hanging from a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> And you've got a uh, rope swing or something that is, uh, you know, I just can't stand those mm-hmm. posters. So uh, if you have those posters, you squarely know where I stand on them. <laughs> I'd, I'd say a resolution for you is to get rid of them. Uh, I have so many ideas for the Yankee swap next year. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we also have a store location in Palmer Square, 7 Palmer Square in Princeton, New Jersey. So if your travels take you up north to Princeton, New Jersey, check us out there. So my New Year's Eve was a little tamer than maybe some of you guys out there. Uh, we had a race New Year's Day. Mm. Had to be there at 5 a.m. So I was in bed by 10.30. You didn't just stay up all night? Pretty boring. I, you know what? I probably should have. I felt so restless on New Year's Day that I might Wait, as well the, have. The race was January 1st. First, right. Ah, so you had yeah. to go to bed early. I thought you yeah. were so exhausted from the race. No. I got you. No, we had, you know, we had the, the regular... New Year's Eve race in Fairfax, and we had a race on New Year's Day. Great race. Uh, a race that the mayor of, of D.C. put on. We timed it. So I was out there at 5 a.m. So my New Year's Eve was super boring. But one of the uh, hosts of the show here, from pictures I've seen, had a pretty fun New Year's Eve. So, um, Joanna, why don't you let us know what you did? So I went to Schaefer Prom. So you've talked about Schaefer Prom on this show before. Mm-hmm. So um, my friend Schaefer has a elaborate birthday party that's also a fundraiser every year, and it's called Schaefer Prom. Mm-hmm. So this year was the seventh iteration. So it was the 007. It was James Bond themed. Nice. Um, it was at the Howard Theater, 
and it was it was a lot of fun. It was really a great time. They had gambling. Oh, gambling. <laughs> wow, like real yeah, live um, dealers. Yeah, craps, roulette. Wait, did they have was it was it a bank or was it fake money? It was, it was fake money. Fake money, right. Yeah, they mm-hmm. I, they don't have a gambling license no, there. Yeah. But but still, I that that counts as gambling more. Yeah, and I missed the uh when they said what each chip was worth cuz it didn't say it on it. So I really had no idea what I was betting for a long time. <laughs> I think if it's not real money, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So um, you were playing craps or are you playing Um, I played roulette? craps for a little bit and then I I just couldn't really understand it. So then I went to blackjack because I, I get that. But okay. you know, actually playing in a in a scenario where you don't know the rules and you're not betting real money is the best way to learn. Oh, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. We, my company did this uh, customer event uh, many years ago where they had a, a casino like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was going into. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Learn how to play. But then the dealers that they had were just like like openly cheating like they would take cards and switch cards and say oh let's do like this and oh i'll you know like the de- we'd be playing uh, blackjack and the dealer would have 21 and then hit again you know like just to make right. it fun because it's because it's not real and i was like i'm not actually learning anything uh in this manner but anyway well, i did learn that i don't like gambling it reinforced that i have oh, no interest so sorry chris that's all yeah. you that's but maybe right. maybe that's because it because there wasn't real heat no, I even the, it's not even real money, and I really was I didn't want to lose my chips. I got really stressed out about <laughs> it, so I don't think that I would like a real. It's not game. for you. Yeah, it's not for me. No, I'm too I'm too practical. If you got too stressed out with fake money, with real money, that might not be a good thing. Yeah, like when I would lose, I would I would really be very upset. Wow. So where was where was Schaefer prom? Um, at the Howard Theater. Wow. In Shaw. Man. Yeah, and Schaefer also had made a video starring himself as a James Bond character, and it was really well done. It was really great. Wow. And well, there's a photo booth, which is always my favorite thing. Um, he had cardboard cutouts of himself and all of his Schaefer prom outfits over the years. It was it was really great. For well, the photo booth? No, 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 just like all it, over. Just, yeah. And I kept thinking that they were really him, so I'd be like, yo, Schaefer, what's up? And it wasn't him. It was just a mm. cutout. Well, maybe this is the big event we broadcast from next year. <laughs> maybe it has nothing to do with running. She, she doesn't want to work it. That's true. She yeah. wants to have fun. That's yeah. true. And it was the last Schaefer prom. Oh, yeah. Says Schaefer now. All right. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, he's quitting while he's seven years old, Farley. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, and it was a black tie event, so I had to rent a dress from Rent the Runway and wear four-inch heels. So it was, a, wow. it was ha- a big night for me. How did the dress work out? It was great. I actually yeah. looked really good, except there was two other <laughs> girls there that had the same dress. Really? I dress? was so mad. I was never so angry in my life before. Wow. I never, really? I've never had that happen to me. Yeah, I was really mad. Um, did you guys take pictures and say who wore it best to post that up? I wanted to, but I think it would have been cruel because obviously I would have won. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's our humble co-host, <laughs> Joanna Russo. Schaefer Prom sound like a smashing success. Uh, hopefully your New Year's Eve was as fun as Joanna's. Because uh, mine certainly was not. Well, that's a good idea, Farley. Uh, we can broadcast at other events yeah. that, that won't exist in the future as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, I like that suggestion. Well, we are we are available to broadcast from your event. So well, you can hire us. Yeah, if Schaefer, if you're listening, mm-hmm. uh, we, we would be happy to broadcast from your event. So, yeah, let us know. You can uh, hit us up at uh, Pace the Nation or email us, PaceTheNation at gmail.com. All right, episode number 88 in the books. Thanks again to Chris Ut, the Pacers running lead timer, for joining us today on the program. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Hopefully, your New Year's resolutions 
are accomplished better than ours were in 2016. Thanks to Joanne Russo. Thanks to William E. Docs. Thanks to Kelly, the intern. And thanks to you, the listener. We appreciate you spreading the good word. This is Pace the Nation. I'm Chris Farley. We'll see you next week. Appreciate him sharing the information on uh, race timing. Did that give you guys some insight? What was your favorite part, Joanna? <laughs> There's just too many to choose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, I think that gave us and our listeners some insight as well. And we we definitely interviewed him already and are um, not trying to do this without knowing what happened. He really spilled some secrets. Right. Oh, my gosh. Remember that second thing he said? What do you think about that? Unbelievable. Mm, okay. All right. Let's restart this. This is a sh- Shucks load of editing. Okay. <laughs>